You're listening to the world-famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Alright guys, here we are. This is episode number 27 of the World Famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Then again, what show do I have where there isn't a special guest? This guy's name is Christian Hudson and you know him as one of the co-founders of Charisma Arts and later part of Master the Vibe. And these days he's involved with something called The Social Man, which uh, really I think is his magnum opus, his greatest work yet. Hey man. Christian. Hey, Scott. How's it going? I love that. Magnum. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's going well. And Magnum Opus, that's a fantastic way of saying it. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, I'm glad it fits. I think it sort of does. You know, by yeah, way of yeah. introduction, I think a lot of guys know who you are. But uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on right here, right now, and uh, why it is such a Magnum Opus. Tell us. Sure, sure. Well, we'll try to keep this uh, quick and not too um, self-aggrandizing. Um, you know, I got into the community about five years ago by happy accident when uh, Juggler asked me to be his business manager. So we got Chris Martz off the ground, uh, left that, came back about a year later with Master the Vibe. Um, that was a project that I did with my friend Sebastian, um, who's, who's a cool cat, and I know you've had on the show as well. Absolutely. And that was basically, uh, you know, some live pickup audio. That was something I'd always wanted when I got into the game, just hearing other guys do it. And so we did that for a while, and then I wanted to kind of branch out on my own. So here we are with the Social Man. We're doing a few boot camps and live training programs, but um, you know, as we as we talk here now, it's the beginning of 2009, and we have a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of stuff coming out in this next year. This sort of is is our vision of what it takes to be a cool guy who's successful with women, and it's not about you know hiding in your basement, learning some things to say, and then going out and trying them. It's really about making your social life as, as as awesome and effective as it can be. You know, the way we like to describe our mission is to teach guys the social skills, the lifestyle, um, you know, to, to have an awesome single life, and then the self-awareness to know when they've met the right girl. And, you know, that kind of brings us to the whole point of this show today, because we're going to talk about how to flirt with women the right way and kind of how to create natural attraction as opposed to what's commonly called these days kind of the buzzword natural game. Uh, mm -hmm. But first of all, the uh, voicemail we have from Terry, and here's what Terry had to say. This is Terry calling from Beaverton, Oregon. I've been listening to the podcast uh, Chick Whisperer for some time now. I read the newsletters. I read the forums. I've even laid down some cash and bought some materials. And I know these techniques work. I'm convinced of them. I use them in the stores. I use them at the clubs uh, very often with women. With that said, you're probably thinking, well, so why you got a problem? Well, here's my dilemma. I can use these techniques so easily with women and do it with a lot of confidence, but there is one particular woman, and I don't know why it is. I don't know if something's going on in my subconscious, but with all the women that I'm comfortable and confident with, this one particular woman, when I get around her, my knees start to shake, and I, it's not that I freeze, but I just lose myself in the moment. 
and everything that I swore to myself I was going to do right when I see her doesn't happen. Now, I don't know why I think this way or why this constantly happens. She's a very average woman in some respects. I don't think she's uh, out of my league. At least I don't think that consciously. But what's going on, Scott? I really don't know how to hone in on this one. Sure, I'd like to spend time with her, a lot of time with her. Uh, but for some reason, I'm losing it every single time I'm with her, and yet I don't do this with other women. Thanks, Scott. I hope to hear from you, and keep up the good work. I love the shows. Take care, guys, and I'm trying to be good. Well, man, you know what, Christian? Here we have a case of what I like to call the too-good-to-be-true factor. Too-good-to-be-true. And, you know, Terry said that this woman isn't really a supermodel, and she's kind of average by some of the world standards, but see, she's his type and he likes her. Mm -hmm. He has picked her out as a face in the crowd and said, this is the woman I would really love to spend some time with the kind of woman I'd like to get to know. And I think sometimes guys just say, you know what? It's amazing how I can be this social guy, have a great personality, make friends really easily. But when I get in front of this woman who is the woman I want to spend time with, the woman I'm attracted to, it's almost like I'm afraid something's going to get messed up because it just seems, well, too good to be true that a woman I'm attracted to could possibly be attracted to me. What do you sure, think? Sure, sure. No, absolutely right. And, you know, what's what was almost sad for me to hear and, and the way Terry describes this and talks about it is he's almost apologizing for the fact this girl isn't on the look scale, um, you know, what what sounds like a classic 9 or 10, but he's he's helplessly into her. And you know what? Like the way that I've – in the last year, I've really grown a lot. I, I think we talked, God, probably a year ago, maybe even yeah. longer, Scott. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I realize is you want a woman who inspires you and who inspires passion and excitement and just a woman who inspires you to be a better man. And it sounds like, um, you know, he should be just unapologetically honest about it about the fact this woman really inspires him and um and he should be okay with that the first part of it is just accepting it for himself that this is a phenomenal woman and there's something about her he can't explain it it's it's magical it's chemical that um that he likes and accepting that is you know the first thing here you know beyond that um, you know, Nick and I have this expression here. Every moment that you spend thinking about a woman in her absence is a moment that you'll be awkward when you see her again. And, you know, it's like if you put so much stock into a woman um, that that you are constantly plotting and planning and strategizing, um, then you're just not going to be um, – you. When, when you're around her, all of those expectations about what that next interaction was supposed to be like are going to, you know, come crashing down around you. And you're going to be very, very, very self-conscious of, you know, the words coming out of your mouth, of not screwing things up, of just not being the natural self that you are um, that seems to do well with, with all these other women. And, you know, it's, it's great that Terry got some of your content, listened to some of your products, started to get better. Um, it's, it's almost like now he just has to let his instincts go when he's around this woman and, um, you know, and, and, and just start to flow and drop that whole notion of, of, um, you know, idolizing her for, you know, for something that he isn't there yet. They're not in a relationship yet. Stop trying to make that happen and just enjoy the moment that he is with her. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the three second rule on steroids. Here you have this woman mm. that he sees around and he's got a chance to know a little bit already. So it's not like he's got approach anxiety or something like that. This is now him 
constantly visualizing himself messing up. Like, okay. right. Right. Um, and in a way it's like, she's beside the point. You have the too good to be true factor, which I talked about, but you also have this concept where he is really setting himself up for failure. Just like you said, Christian, because what he's doing is he's worrying about this. He's thinking about this during downtime when he's not in front of this woman so that he's rehearsing things in his head. He's trying to make sure he gets them right. And he ends up being like the kid back in seventh grade who picks up the phone and has rehearsed everything he's going to say to this girl. So when she says hello and answers the phone on the other side, he's going to get it all right. And because he's over rehearsed it and he's thought about it so much, nerves get the best of him and he messes up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas when a woman isn't so attractive to him, what does he do? He just talks to her. Right. He just right, makes right. a conversation. So I guess the question I'd like to pose here, and I'd love to hear your answer on this, is how does a guy translate his normal, quote unquote, social skill, his ability to relate as a social person, everything that works for him when the woman isn't necessarily attractive, or even when he's talking to anybody, even one of the guys, how does he translate that into the situations where he really believes there's so much more, quote unquote, at stake? Okay, Scott. Well, this is a situation that I've actually found myself in um, from time to time. When you know, when you're going out, when you're meeting a lot of women, there's inevitably going to be a whole host of them who you're not that interested in, and that one or two or five who you do really like. And I think the first thing that you have to do is just own up to the fact and, and realize that you like this person, and become conscious of the fact that your actions may change as a result of that, and just be like, hey, listen, okay, I do like this person, fine, um, but. I'm aware of who I am. I'm aware of like how I act when I'm around people like this. And you know what? I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to be too difficult with her. I'm not going to be um, too easy with her. I'm not going to flirt too much. I'm not going to flirt too little. I'm just going to try to normalize my actions and almost see her in a light where she's a friend. This is the thing that has really helped me out the most is when I look at women who um, I am very interested in and then I say, you know what, I'm just going to treat her right now like she's a friend. And I'm going to flirt because I do that with friends. And I'm going to Kino, you know, that's that's an old community term because I do that with friends. I'm going to treat her like she's a friend. And then when we do have an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit more, if we isolate with each other, um, you know, if we end up going on a date, then, you know, we'll get a little bit more romantic. But at least initially, I'm just going to treat her like a friend until there's been some baseline level of, um, you know, commonalities established and some baseline of comfort established between us. Yeah, I think that's huge that you talked about comfort because, see, when the guy is uncomfortable because he's afraid he's going to mess up, mm -hmm. that's when the woman starts feeling uncomfortable mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, we as guys, we automatically assume sometimes that if a woman is someone we like, then she's got it all together and she's going to be in this position to reject us or accept mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we would just not pre-qualify women like that mm -hmm. and we would just treat them as a human being and there's a get to know you process there then she would actually be more comfortable with us because we're more comfortable with ourselves. And the safety and security is absolutely paramount. So I'm really, really glad you brought that up. I will add one other point to that. It's funny how these, um, how these thought processes work across communication mediums. Um, and I was out last night, actually, and I was at this, um, it wasn't like a club, but there was some, you know, just kind of jazzy, down-tempo hip-hop playing, and people were dancing. And I was dancing with all these girls who are friends of mine. And, um, you know, dancing is really a communication channel. 
right? It's it, it's different than speech. It's but but there are similar flirtatious components to it. You know, you're moving in, you're moving out, you're touching a person, you're making eye contact or not. And I'm not nearly as good a dancer um, as I am uh, a talker when it comes to flirting with women. And so I'm, you know, kind of getting crazy and just loose and whatnot with all these females who are friends of mine. And there was one girl who was part of the group who um, I am quite into. Uh, just met her last night, and I'm like, wow, this girl's really something else. And I noticed that my dancing entirely changed around her. Um, you know, and I, I all of a sudden started to get a lot more cautious. And I was like, well, I don't want to get too close. I don't, you know, want to invade any of her territory. What if she doesn't like me? Blah, blah, blah. And that actually hit me about like five minutes into dancing with her. I said, wait, I'm, I'm not treating her like I treat every other girl in my life. I, I'm treating her like I need to be careful around her because I'm uncomfortable. And the moment I realized that, and this, I hope this metaf this, um, example kind of ties it back here for the listener. You know, the moment I realized that, I said, hey, you know what? I've just, I've just got to dance with her like everybody else. So, you know, all of a sudden feel more comfortable taking my hand or taking her hand, putting my other hand in the small of her back, you know, getting a little bit closer, making stronger eye contact. And, and all the things that I do with all the girls who I'm not that into, but I'm just comfortable doing it with them, I'm doing them with her. And it was like all of a sudden, the total vibe changed and she really opened up to me and we, you know, we got a lot more flirtatious from that point forward. And it was all by just sort of realizing, Hey, this is a communication channel like any other. And I just have to let myself be comfortable with it and enjoy it with her. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that actually brought up something else that I would love to share with Terry. I hear a lot from guys. I mean, I get a lot of emails where the guys like, you know, I can never get the woman I really like to like me back. Women I'm sort of okay about or women I'm sort of wanting to just be friends with, they like fall in love with me and they all want me to be their boyfriend. But when it's this one woman I want, eh, something changes. Guys, Terry, if this is happening to you and you didn't say anything about it in your voicemail, but I want to talk directly to you and to the guys who are listening. If you're finding that women you find average or maybe just barely interesting to you are falling in love with you, that is a very clear message to you that your natural demeanor, your game as it were, works until you get too much involved with messing up. When you start thinking too much about messing up, what Christian's saying about getting in your head and you're getting into this analysis paralysis, which a lot of you guys just let run roughshod over your life. When you can just relax and say, hey, you know what? Normally, <laughs> under typical circumstances, I just enthrall the heck out of women. Get comfortable with that. Get in tune with that. And just stop sweating it when you're talking about a woman you really like, start trusting that your natural personality is going to make sense and that it's going to work. I think that is, that is one of the most profound things I've heard in, in months with respect to, you know, this whole area of dating science. Well, thank you, that sir. That was very, very, very well encapsulated way <laughs> of saying that, Scott. Well, we aim to please. And another way we need to aim to please here is to give Terry something really, really cool for sending us such a stellar, stellar voicemail. Mm -hmm. And I know you've got something kind of interesting for him, something unique. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, we are getting ready to roll out um, quite a few sort of products in the next few months here. And in preparation for them, we've been doing these PowerPoint presentations that are part of these like private webinars. So we've had these 10 guys who've been doing these webinars with us. And, you know, you haven't been able to get on unless you've been invited. 
And so we have one of the webinars, which is about two hours and specifically about, um, you know, how to sort of get out of that friend zone and actually express your desire and your dominance in a masculine yet respectful way. Uh, I don't mean to be using so many buzzwords here. Basically, how not to end up in the friend zone when you take a girl out on a date. That's the best way I can describe it. And so we're going to be sharing that with Terry, and uh, hopefully that will help him when he actually does get this girl out on a date. Awesome. That's just uh, brand new cutting-edge material from The Social Man for you, Terry, simply for sending us that killer voicemail. And, guys, you can send us your voicemails too. Uh, if it gets played on the show, we will give you a similarly cool prize. And the number to call is plus one if you're outside the continental United States, 210-362-4400. Once again, 210-362-4400. We are in the 210 here in San Antonio. You're welcome to call. No one's ever going to answer that phone. It's only a dedicated voicemail line. When you call, very important, please keep your message to the point. Make sure your question is something that will benefit all of our thousands of listeners all across the Fruited Plain, and definitely leave us your name, where you're from, and also a way we can contact you via email to get you that prize if we use your voicemail on this show. Awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, let's dive right into flirting, Christian. I got uh, a way I think is going to be a great way to launch this conversation. Okay, awesome. I have a very particular definition i use for flirting and i want your opinion on it i want to hear it let's let's hear it scott i think flirting is any interaction that only feels right between members of the opposite sex Hmm. in other words if it's something you would say to a guy it's probably not flirting if it's something that would be creepy and weird and not feel right if you said it to a guy it's probably flirting interesting interesting i let me think about that one for a second because like I know that I'm definitely not into guys but but I'll I'll push the barrier a little bit with my friends um in front of women to and, and it's almost just like a social bonding ritual between us um and maybe it's maybe it's just something unique amongst our friends but I think that I like that. Let me think about that. Um Well, you're talking about not flirting with your guy friends. You're talking about setting the whole vibe with your wingman in the presence of women. That's that's correct. And I think you know what? Here here's where I think the definition, um, w where I get a little hung up on it, is what's the intention behind what you're doing? Is the intention to actually create a bond, um, a sort of a, a sexual bond, or um, you know, one of of intimacy, or one that'll bring the two of you closer in in that regard, or is it one that just kind of you know is saying, hey, we're having fun and we're talking, we're kind of poking at each other back and forth. Um, and I think if the intention behind flirting is to create that sexual bond or you know increase that sexual tension, then absolutely, that is that is a great definition of it. Well, you know, interestingly, what I would want to do for guys is free them up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many times, Christian, where a guy just takes flirting as such serious business. Like, here I am. I'm about to let a woman know my intentions. I'm about to let a woman know that I am potentially sexually interested in her. So all of a sudden, this guy builds this pressure up thinking, okay, is she going to accept me? Is she going to reject me? Is she going to be really, really offended that I tried to flirt with her? And what I want to do is I want to free guys up and just say, look, it's just interaction. Mm -hmm. It's just a mm -hmm. different level of interaction because she is of the opposite gender. Like, for mm -hmm. example, I'm a married guy. Very happily married guy as well. Absolutely. And I've dated quite a bit. 
and have flirted quite a lot. And I am exactly where I want to be because I met the greatest woman I've ever known. And mm-hmm. I decided I want to spend my life with her. But even when I go to the grocery store now, if there's a gal behind the counter, I'm going to speak to her and I'm going to banter with her differently than I would if it was a guy behind mm-hmm. the counter. Absolutely. And to me, that is actually sort of flirting, even though I don't have intentions. I see. The only thing that the only thing that would betray or actually convey, I think is a better word, the intention would be if I did something about it. I see. Like, hey, you know, you seem like a great woman, someone I would like to potentially maybe spend time with. Hey, uh, give me your email address or give me your number. When you take it to that next level, that's when the intention's known. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about if the woman's 60 years old, I'm still going to talk to her differently. Sure, sure. Well, I think in general, you know, the way I communicate with my with my guy friends is, you know, in general going to be a lot different than the way I communicate with my women. And there's ways that, you know, what's funny to me is the way that men bond is almost by making fun of each other and putting each other down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, right. I, <laughs> and I actually, um, you know, we, we have this fun little thing we do, a couple of my guy friends and I, when we go out, we'll literally just sit there and see like who can rip on each other the hardest. And it's just a constant back and forth little session of like quick wit and whatnot. And it's a form of bonding with each other. I think, um, you know, the way I like to think of male-female flirting again is it's a way of kind of bonding with each other. Um, but there's you can you can kind of do a lot of things with it, right? And do you mind if I just jump into an example here and kind Go of – um, Okay, cool. So here's one thing that I see that guys always try to do. There's this classic term in the community called push-pull. You know, everybody's written about it, right? So notion of a push-pull is you push a girl away with some statements and then you pull her back in. So – um, you know, wow, you have a Southern accent. I, I normally can't stand Southern accents. There's your push. But you know what? Yours is pretty attractive. So I, I, I'm starting to like have a change of heart. So there's your pull back in, right? So to me, does that sound like flirting to you? Is that, is that fall into your definition of what a flirtation would be, Scott? Well, yeah, like the teasing and the banter. I'm mm-hmm. going to tease mm-hmm. a woman who's behind the counter where I wouldn't do that with a guy. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, Dude, what's your deal? It's kind of weird. It's more exactly. of a vibe thing. It's a feel thing than the actual words. Yeah. Like I could say yeah, the yeah. same words to a guy and say the same words differently to a girl and it would be the intonation and, you know, the look in my eye would make it different. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's crystal clear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now here's one thing that I see that guys do though, when they flirt, right? I think this is something that goes back to what we were talking about with respect to natural attraction and, and just, you know, a guy's basic instincts. Um, I've noticed that when a guy sort of overvalues a woman, the way that he flirts with her is going to be way different than when he's just sort of flowing. And when he doesn't see her as, you know, the be all end all. Right. So that's sort of poking that we were just talking about the push pull um, and, and especially some of like the neg stuff that you hear about in the community. I see guys do that when they like a girl again, who they really like overvalue. But let's think about how you flirt with a girl who you're real comfortable with. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm like really comfortable with a girl, I'm not trying to push her away because I assume that she likes me. So I'm trying to pull her in, actually. So what I might say to a girl is I, I'm not going to say, God, you look like Michael Jackson. That hat. I'm going to say, wow, you look so sexy in that hat. Come here. Give me a hug. You know, and then I might throw a barrier up, though. I might say something like, okay, but 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 not too much. Not too much. You know, you, the hat's not that sexy. You'd have to, you know, tip the brim up a little bit if you want to get any more. Um, you know, depending on how comfortable I am with her. But my instinct, if I'm real comfortable with the girl and if my frame is that she likes me, um, is going to be to pull her in first. 
Whereas my instinct, if I overvalue her and if she doesn't like me or if I have to work to get her to like me, it's to like poke her and get her to come after me with that push pull. And I think one of the, you know, after I've been doing boot camps almost every weekend now for the last five months, just kind of get back into the game and, you know, renew, renew the way that I look at social interactions. And this is one of the biggest things that I see guys do is they, they push when it's totally okay to pull and they're really sabotaging their own efforts and their own ability to flirt because they're just, they kind of overvalue a certain type of girl and then they just push her away. Have you ever seen this happen or is this, is this kind of resonating with you making some sense to you? Yeah. I think the part that really hits home is when guys are feeling uncomfortable with the situation because they're afraid they're going to mess up or whatever, that's when the woman's going to feel uncomfortable. And what guys tend to do to kind of, I guess, deflect this whole concept of him being uncomfortable and hopefully communicate to a woman something different is to nag her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like, Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm too cool for you. You know, I'm too cool for school. And that, she just senses that usually that the guy is trying too hard. Right. It's almost exactly like, the uh, wait three days after you get her number to call her. Right, right, right. That's designed exactly. to keep guys who are needy and clingy from appearing needy and clingy. But, you know, getting back to this whole natural attraction versus natural game thing, the learned skill here as opposed to the natural game, in other words, just watch a natural and see what the natural does and get it by osmosis. See, I think this is all learned skill. That's the difference, I think. So when a guy is in front of a woman and he is afraid or he is uncomfortable because he really, really likes her. It's almost like shooting a neg her way is the technique. Well, it's not almost like it is a technique to hopefully sub communicate or directly communicate to this woman that, Hey, you know what? Um, he can live without her. Yes, exactly. She's not necessarily as great as she may think she is. And see guys will neg women who don't even have really high self-esteem because they're trying to really tell her, Hey, look, you know what? I'm not as uncomfortable as I look, but all it does is because she's a little bit uncomfortable with the situation. It's just going to make her feel bad about being there. It's going to make her feel bad about wanting to continue that conversation with a guy, especially if the guy isn't real practiced at it. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's teasing and then there's insulting like a guy I know Uh, recently sent me an email and said, okay, well, here's what I did and tell me what I did wrong, Scott. And what he was is he was in a restaurant and the waitress was like 21, 22 years old. And his first line to her is, what are you, like 45? (laughs) What? And it's like, that's not a nag, man. That's an insult. Yeah. Of course, he got nowhere and she had to serve them. And, you know, of course, he was like, what, are you playing hard to get? Well, no, she's mad. She's hurt. Yeah, yeah. She's a human being under there. And... You know, all this demonstrating of higher value and all these terms, really, it's about connecting with someone. Mm-hmm. And here's what I think. I think if you communicate to a woman, what I call the big four, if you're a masculine man, it's going to ignite her femininity. If you've got problems with being masculine, two neutered creatures cannot attract each other. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a man with a plan and it's got to be masculinity as women see it. None of this macho stuff. I mean, that's the masculine stuff we do for each other. Like how much beer can you drink? Hey, y'all watch this Jeff Foxworthy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. moments like that. That's not masculinity to women. Masculinity to a woman is being able to make her feel comfortable, having a plan of action so that she doesn't have to, you know, be responsible for that. 
taking the lead, which I harp on constantly, mm-hmm. you are that masculine man and you are confident. You believe that you are worth talking to. And mm-hmm. I know this is something guys struggle with. And it's like, well, I can't just flip the switch. Harken back to what we talked about before, guys. If you are attracting women you're not attracted to, you need to trust your personality works. You need to trust that your game works. And then you get in front of these women, you portray this masculinity, you portray this confidence, right? You make her feel comfortable with you. If you're making her feel uncomfortable with you, there will be no rapport. There will be no chemistry Mm -hmm. because women are all about it. And see, that to me is the point of flirting. You say to a woman, there is a man in front of you right now. So, Scott, what were you saying about it's just some kind of way of talking to women differently than men? What I'm saying is, and listen up very closely, this is why I can still come off as flirting even though I'm happily married and I'm not going to do anything about the situation. Because when I present to a woman, whatever the situation, whoever that woman is, I am a masculine, confident man because that's who I am, not because of what I'm trying to portray in that moment. Therefore, women, whoever they are, my own daughter responds to me in the way I'm about to describe. She's nine years old and she's my own flesh and blood and she responds to me like this. When a woman has a guy in front of her, she is feeling free to be more feminine. She's feeling free to soften her demeanor. She's feeling free to be a girl. She's not having to man up on your behalf. Let that one soak in for a second. Mm. If you're afraid of her and you're struggling with the conversation, she's got to man up on your behalf to continue the conversation. And guess what, guys? She's not going to want to do it. She's not going to feel comfortable with doing it. It may not even be your fault per se. It may not be about you and her rejection of you. It's just her not being wired to take that lead in that conversation and to take that role that you should rightly take. So, no, I'm not interested in going and doing pickup with women. But when I have guys come for 10 plus live programs where I'm one-on-one with them for a whole weekend, I go, let's go talk about day game. And they go, well, dude, you're married. How are we going to do day game? And they're blown away because all I do is go out and make conversation. Men, women, the kind of stuff you're talking about, Christian, all the kind of stuff you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're just being social, but there is a certain vibe that is always going to be present when you're a masculine, confident guy simply because you are presenting yourself as a man and she is a woman and she is going to read that and there's going to be a certain aura about that situation. And, you know, make no mistake, Emily's the same way. She's a very, very feminine woman. Guys treat her differently than they treat other people. But I don't worry about it. I don't think she's getting hit on and I don't think she's hitting on them. She's just being friendly and cute the way she is. And it makes men light up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because she can't help who she is. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about here, Scott, is you're talking about, um, you know, polarity, right? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about dominance, leadership and dominance, which, um, you know, study after study after study have confirmed that, you know, dominance is one of, one of, if not the most attractive traits um, that a man can have. And, you know, th- think about it this way, right? Okay. Let's say you're out and a girl is, she's playing a little bit hard to get, but you know that she likes you. And when she looks you in the eye, okay, she looks you in the eye and you just feel it. You feel this girl wants me. That is a great feeling. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a really great feeling. You know, when, when you just 
you're struck by it and it can happen at the bar. It can happen in the bedroom, you know, and even in the, you know, we won't get too intimate here, but when you're in the bedroom and the girl's looking at you ravenously, that is a huge turn on. Okay. And I think, you know, similarly, when a girl knows that you want her, when you're dominant and you, you know, go after what you want. And when you've got that vibe, that's going to turn her on. And now, you know, there's a line here to be walked. You don't want to be walking around like, you know, looking at every single girl that way. Your vibe starts off kind of fun, you know, and then it gets a little bit more flirtatious. And But, you know, underscoring all of this is the fact that you're making women, you know, feel good because you're dominant, because you're a leader, because you go after what you want, you know, when you see it. And you give yourself permission to act in a masculine way. And that's another thing that I think, you know, we're kind of touching upon here. And certainly in what you just said, you know, that you give yourself permission to be a man. And that's because you know who you are, you know, what you can give to a person and you know, you know, you've got that baseline level of confidence. And that's another thing that I see guys sort of failing to do, Scott, and I'm sure you see it too, is just, you know, they get around a girl who they like and they wait for her to give them permission, you know, to escalate, to, you know, to what have you. And so these concepts are all kind of tied together. You know, the fact that if, if you do give yourself permission, you're going to flirt a little bit more. You know, if you flirt more, you're going to appear more confident. These concepts all, you know, come together into one little keystone and, and it all comes down to that baseline level of confidence and that ability to just be a man who who takes what he wants and, and knows how to make women feel good. Yeah. You know, you hit on something fantastic there. And I think it's a, a great way just to tie up this whole conversation. A lot of guys ask the woman to lead from the very minute right. they first meet her. Like they'll walk into a store and they'll go, uh, would you be willing to help me find some clothes that would look good on me? Whereas they should have walked in the store and said, hey, you, you work here, right? Make me look good. Mm -hmm. Or they'll be on a date with a woman and say, oh, here we are at the restaurant. Um, which table would you like to sit at? Instead of saying, mm -hmm. hey. That corner table is my table. It has my name engraved on it. I sit at the same table every time I come here. Why don't you sit here and I'll sit there? And the woman will go, okay. And she'll be more grateful you did that than if you left it all up to her. Again, because she wants to follow your lead. She wants you to have the plan. That's the way women are wired. So guys, stop asking women questions and asking them to lead you. I mean, you know, you can ask them an opinion opener or something like that, but don't ask a woman to lead you. That's not creating attraction because wait for it. It's not being masculine. You must be masculine to create attraction. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we're running out of time, Christian, and this has been an incredible conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what I want to do is I want to give the guys a chance to see what you're up to. So I've set up a, a URL for them. And guys, what you want to do is you want to go to www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash social. That's all you got to do. And you're going to find out about uh, Christian and Nick Sparks and all the other guys who are uh, really doing some great stuff over at The Social Man. It's kind of like uh, an evolution to the whole pickup genre, which I think is incredibly sorely needed. So um, I Thank really, you, really appreciate that. Anything else you want to add about what you guys are doing lately? Um, you know, I'll just say this. Um, I'm incredibly proud of the guys who are working with me. You know, DJ's such a cool guy. 
uh, Asian Rake David. He's got a huge, huge following on, you know, in the East. Um, Nick is just one of the warmest, coolest dudes I know. They're, they're all very smart. They all love women and they all have a healthy, you know, social outlook. I'll say this. I'm very proud of what we're doing. And I'm sure that in the same way that when you meet people, you know, out, whether they be, um, you know, friends at a dinner party or, you know, new, new acquaintances at a bar, you're comfortable telling them about what you do. And for the first time in my life, I'm real comfortable about telling people what I do. We've, um, We've just actually started donating 2% of our revenues to an organization that funds um, shelters for victims of domestic abuse. And I think one of the most important things that, you know, guys in this community can learn to do is love women, you know, in all ways, right? Not just the women that we're meeting out at the club, but, you know, women in, in all situations and just developing healthy attitudes towards them. So that's, you know, underscoring you know, what we're doing is, is trying to develop that healthy attitude of who you are as a man and, um, you know, who women can be in their entirety. And so, um, it's, it's been, um, it, I don't know if magnum opus is the right word, but I'll take it for now. And I appreciate <laughs> you sharing that with me. And, um, I'll tell you what, I really, really appreciate you having me back on the show. Um, we always have such productive conversations. And if I remember last time, there was something else that you said that I wrote down and it was just incredibly smart. And so I just, uh, I always love being on the show and I appreciate you having me, Scott, and, um, you know, look forward to, to being on it again some point in the future, I hope. Yes, most definitely. Well, Christian, I really appreciate the kind words. Always a pleasure. Check it out, guys. Thechickwhisperer.com front slash social. All those guys. I didn't mention uh, David the Asian Rake and DJ, but I've talked to those guys too. Great stuff. What a, what a great group you guys have over there. And always, always the same. Always the same to you, Scott. We, you know, you're, uh, let me, let me just say this. You're one of the few guys who I always, you know, when you've got a new launch coming up, when you've got some new thing that you want to tell people about, um, you're one of the very few people who, who I always, without qualification, refer guys to and say, hey, this is somebody who really knows what he's talking about. So, you know, guys who are listening to this, obviously you've been listening to Scott for a while now, but, but man, this guy has some good stuff to say. Well, before this uh, degenerates into too much of a love fight. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, if you're not on our newsletter, you need to get there. I've got something brand new for you this month. I've written a book, and I'm going to give it to you absolutely free, okay? This is not going to cost you a dime. And the name of the book is, curiously, Twiduction. The name of the book is Twiduction. What am I talking about? I'm talking about using Twitter as a dating site. Now, if you're not on Twitter, you are missing a bonanza of social networking, okay? I'm talking about smart women, socially connected women, and women of all ages who are just really incredible to talk to and ready to talk to you back. Let's put it this way. If you like talking to women on MySpace and on Facebook, imagine a world where you can talk to them in real time, almost like one big, huge worldwide chat room where everybody is connected and you have a picture and you have a brief profile of them and they can talk to you right back and you can just banter with them and get this. It's got to be in 140 characters or less. Now, why is that important? Because the first email on a site like, I don't know, Plenty of Fish or like Match.com is absolutely mission critical. That's where a woman's going to say, I want to talk to this guy or I don't want to talk to this guy. Guys, women aren't cruising your profile. They're waiting for you to write to them. And so many guys have a hard time being concise and interesting at the same time. 
being concise and interesting at the same time is the key to online dating success. And Twitter will absolutely positively whip you into shape. You spend a little bit of time on Twitter writing 140 character messages that are interesting and getting that banter in return and going ahead and pursuing some of those conversations online with whoever you meet you're going to get better at online dating. Plus, you might meet some great women on Twitter because like I said, that is a particularly unique crowd of high-quality women, which are my favorite type of women, and I hope they're yours too. So get the book, Twiduction, and you can get it at twiduction.com, T-W-I-D-U-C-T-I-O-N. Get on the newsletter, download the book, let me know what you think of it. Email me at scott, S-C-O-T, at deservewhatyouwant.com. Christian, once again, a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. And until we talk to you again, guys, on episode number 28, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. Be good. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Royola speaking for The Chick Whisperer.